Hello, and welcome to Prosecco and the Ponderings of Politicized Penis, Episode 2. Episode 2 means there was an Episode 1, and we welcome you back most heartily, dear listeners. Um, if you missed Episode 1, well, go back and listen to it, because it was awesome. You can listen to this one first if you'd like. Uh, there's not too much build-up, don't worry. Well, we don't know yet, we haven't recorded it. Uh, but there probably won't be too much. Um, what we do, well, we... Um, <laughs> Sorry, uh, Percy is already laughing at me because I'm going on and on. There's not going to be a four-minute intro like last time. I was quite shocked at how long it was. <laughs> Maybe it will be four minutes. Who knows? <laughs> anyway, what do we do um, at PPPP? Well, we talk about shit that we find interesting. We talk about politics. We talk about society. We talk about culture. Uh, and most of all, we really just talk about sex. Um, but in a sort of interesting way sometimes, possibly. We'll see. Um, with me here, I have Percy, who is the Michelle to my Rue. Thank you, Dante. That's so nice to hear that I'm the whore and you're the successful one. And yet with me here is Dante, the gay unicorn to my bisexual dragon. And yeah, that is us. Some old friends, literally. And we're just talking about everything we find interesting while drinking a lot of Prosecco. That's why it's in the name. It is, yes. Sorry, you can maybe hear my voice is a little off kilter um, today. Um, it's not, <clears throat> sorry, it's not entirely what it should be. Please don't tell me that's your hypochondria setting in again. No. <laughs> so this is the thing. Percy always says that I'm a hypochondriac. I'm not. Um, yes, you I are. Just there are often situations where it's quite likely that I could be sick and it turns out I'm not. <laughs> yes, like when, when you just have a like, tiny little scratch and you think it's skin cancer and you will die in a week. Okay, I am not saying that what I have now <clears throat> is corona, but I am saying that my app told me that I had two low-risk encounters in the last 14 days and I shouldn't look for a doctor and visit a doctor and have a test but I should be wary, I think. No, you should not be. <laughs> it's all fine. You don't have corona. Okay. And we really need to get you to a therapist because okay. this also, is getting out of hand. Also, I think um, after Donald Trump tried to persuade us all to drink or like spritz ourselves um, bleach, uh, I'm saying Prosecco is the right medicine. Um, after gin and tonic against malaria, I say Prosecco against... Um, corona. <laughs> I forgot the name of the I, pandemic we're in. <laughs> anyway. I think you just just solved one of the biggest problems that we are facing right now. So thank you so much, Dante. I'm brilliant. brilliant at solving big problems. If um, any one of you has another idea how to solve this pandemic with any drinks, any favorites, just tweet us. At Prosecco Penis is our handle that Percy has not yet grabbed hold of in his mind. <clears throat> speaking of minds, um, it's not really speaking of minds. We're going to start with one of our features that we had last week already um, called Mystery Minute. Now, Percy, <clears throat> I would like Dante. to know from you in one minute if you were never to again have sex or never again coffee. Which would it be? <laughs> um, yeah, sure, sure. I have to decide. I, I assume yes, that's the game. Decide. 
I have to decide. I have to decide quick because it's mystery minute, not mystery 10 minutes. Um, never again sex. I couldn't live without coffee. I don't think I could live without sex, but without coffee, I would like literally kill myself. So not even figuratively speaking, literally. So um, I definitely, definitely would say never again sex and drink all the coffee I want because coffee is just life and love and peace and it's brilliant and it's what I need, what my body, well, my body needs sex as well. I get cranky otherwise, but no, it, I think I go with coffee and without sex. Was that a minute? It was probably- Are you happy with my answer? Um, I mean, it's a weird answer. Um, <clears throat> it's not surprising um, given that Percy, when I first met Percy, he was drinking 30 cups of coffee a day. I mean, can you believe that? On a completely unrelated note, Percy finds it hard to sleep, but these are two completely different <laughs> issues. <laughs> um, okay, speaking of not sleeping, last night, um, before I went to bed, I decided to watch a film, and I uh, put on Netflix, and uh, there's a new film on there, which I can highly recommend to everyone. It's called Official Secrets uh, with Kira Knightley. Um, have you seen it? So it's not about Alyssa's secret. No, <laughs> it's not about Alyssa's secret. Uh, it's official secrets. Um, oh, okay. so you haven't seen it. Okay. Okay. I haven't seen it yet, but I've heard good things about it and I want to see it. It's on my short list. Yeah. Okay. Basically, it's about um, a woman called Catherine Gunn, who works for GCHQ. That's the British, like, code busting, spying, listening in on people. Like, I, I guess it's kind of like the NSA of the UK. <clears throat> anyway, it sounds it, like it. It's also very cute how you keep looking at your notes to get all those names correctly. But that's just a side point you were saying about the But film. you, Percy. Um, <clears throat> so basically, I have literally two notes. It's just Kira Knightley and Catherine Gunn because I'm really bad with names. So I wrote those two down. Anyway, basically, it's just before the Iraq war, and Catherine Gunn uh, gets this email, like everyone at GCHQ gets this email, um, asking for intel on UN Security Council members in order to be able to pressure them to get a UN vote. And she's then found out, basically, uh, for having leaked a, and she then gives this to the press um, to try and stop the war, and she is um, indicted. Um, I'm not going to say how the film ends, like whether she goes to prison or not, um, just in case someone hasn't watched it. But what I thought was really interesting about it is it's a film about, I think, really a heroic act of bravery leaking this despite the really strong personal consequences it has for her. Um, yes, it's a shame you haven't watched it yet, Percy. But um, I mean, I guess whistleblowing is, I don't know. I, I know it's always happened, um, but I kind of feel that it's a very... Um, current topic. I seem to be reading about it all the time. It is a very current topic. I mean, especially with everything going on with the Julian Assange accusations at the moment and Chelsea Manning, um, but also on a not so political high stakes point of view with the whole FIFA and Manchester City and football leagues. So whistleblowing is, is everywhere at the moment. And yeah, I, I get why it was portrayed as a heroic act, because I think it is. I think it is a very good thing. And that's why I really can't wait to watch that film, because seeing 
someone so brave risking everything because they want people to find out the truth, to be not kept in the dark, to make their own opinion about certain things and not be like, yeah, this, this is not for the public. And to fight against that statement in general is just a very good, very good thing and actually a heroic act. So I can't wait to see how they portray it in the film and especially combined with like all the films about Julian Assange and to see how it was portrayed there because that was mostly either too, too over the top positive where he was the Messiah or way too negative. So I think it's quite difficult to find a pathway there. So I hope you, you can tell me that they managed to do it. Yeah, I mean, they did. And I mean, I think Julian Assange is a much more difficult character to really talk about because I mean, uh, he's much sort of, he's not black and white. I mean, yes, I, there's a lot to be said for um, uh, what WikiLeaks did, etc. Um, but also, I mean, he as a person is quite deeply problematic, um, or at least he's portrayed in that way uh, in lots of the depictions of him. Um, <clears throat> but I mean, okay, in principle, I, I completely agree with you, right? It's, it's, it's important, it's democratically valid, um, I'm just going to be advocatus diaboli for a second. You know what? Fancy. Yeah, I know. Devil's advocate for um, Percy. Um, to be to be honest, whenever I say advocatus diaboli, just to sound fancy, and I'm, I'm not thinking fancy because I'm thinking avocado, um, because it sounds like avocados. <laughs> whenever I thought avocado this week, I've had to think back to your mango story from last week. I'm like, mm, would it work with an avocado too? Um, it probably anyway, would. I digress. It probably would. Although avocados are very small, but I mean, slimy. So Insertable. Insertable. Okay, well, this is going in a very opposite direction to the mango from last time. Um, anyway, being devil's advocate, there is something to be said, though, that democratically elected governments need to be transparent, yes, but they also need to be able to have um, privacy in terms of um, having secret information on certain things um, in order to be able to protect their people. I think the issue is when it's no longer necessarily just about the people, it's about maintaining power or setting an agenda which is more for personal gain. I think that's actually the point and you weren't so much devil's advocate as just being a bit more careful with how you phrase it um and yeah you're absolutely right of course a government needs to keep certain secrets to protect the public sometimes even from itself but the question is who decides what's going to be secret and whatnot and the moment it's about keeping the power and getting personal gain or political gain and keeping something secret to have that gain, then it just gets very problematic. And if we then have brave people to put their lives in danger and put that out, I think that is just a very heroic act and something something that should happen more often to to create a to create an atmosphere of transparency within government. Um yeah, yeah, I I agree. Okay, I feel that we talked so much about whistleblowing now and we're a little bit at the end. So um, let's talk about whistleblowing instead, <laughs> if you get my pun. Sorry, that was I, a very bad one. I, I was I, desperately I, trying I, to think of a better way of doing that, and I couldn't think of one either. It's, like, it's such an obvious pun to go from whistleblowing to whistleblowing. Um, but somehow we didn't manage So I went there. I do the obvious ones. <laughs> <laughs>
Okay. Uh, so from whistleblowing to whistleblowing, whistleblow a baby. <laughs> anyway, I'm not going to try and sing again. My voice, my voice. Um, um, okay. Same excuses. I have a question for you, Percy, on the topic of whistleblowing. Being the mm. gay unicorn that I am, as you described me earlier, uh, I have a question for you. Mm. Is it true Intriguing. that men can blow a whistle better than women can? There are two very different answers to that question. Ooh. The one is the honest and reflected one. The other one is the showy podcast one. The showy podcast one is, yes, clearly, obviously. Um, the actual true one is, it depends on the person. Of it really doesn't depend, on, depend the on the gender. No, okay. I'm not saying every guy is going to be a better blower than a, every woman. But I mean, I'm just imagining like, I know what I like, right? And obviously what I like is not what every other guy likes, but I kind of get the general mechanics between having a cock in your mouth, right? Um, which a woman maybe doesn't get so much. Well, I guess if she's practiced, but I mean, but on average, is there a difference? Not like all men being better than all Look, women are blowing? Yeah. No, I get it. I was just poking some fun at you and try to, to stay with a little bit more of a somber and honest tone here. Uh, no, uh, yeah, no. There, in general, there is, I would say, a slight tendency towards men to be a bit better at it. Okay, you've heard it here. Um, in a sample of 1,000 people Percy has tested, uh, he is saying that men <laughs> are better than women at blowing. Um, that's, I mean, that's interesting. I mean, do you think it is because they know what it feels like? Or is it just because guys tend to be hoarier and thus have more experience, sort of finding out the tent? <laughs> <laughs> They're both very valid points, very valid points. Um, yeah, it, I think it may be the whore version, but no, I actually think it comes down to to just, you know what feels uncomfortable with yourself, so you wouldn't do that. I mean, that maybe means that that person doesn't get what he wants because everyone's different, but in general, I think on average, yeah, you just know a bit better what to do. Okay. I guess there is a slight premise here that I've built into this, is the assumption that every guy who is giving Percy a blowjob also receives blowjobs. Um, and so, but I mean, that is clearly not necessarily a given, right? So, are you more the giver or the receiver, Percy? Ooh. Uh, depends on Sounds the like No. <laughs> <laughs> depends on the amount of alcohol. No, um... Well, the the receiving part is quite nice, obviously. Yeah, case in point. Full stop. Obviously. Full stop. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no. What I, about you, Dante? What about you? Well, you no, know, I, I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, uh, I mean, I'll do it and it's okay. And I mean, on a good day, I'll, I'll enjoy it. And on an even better day, I'll be good at it. But um, I mean... In general, yeah, I'm much more of a sort of lie back and enjoy uh, kind of guy. Um, but I, so I mean, I, I just tell myself that different people like different things and that, um, <laughs> but there are probably just many other people who just much prefer giving it and it's not me being a selfish lover. Uh, 
yeah, if that's what you need to tell yourself <laughs> to enjoy it even more, please, please do, please feel free. No. But no, I agree. Like the receiving part, obviously, is extremely nice. And the giving part, yeah, sure, on a good day, why not? Um, but also, of course, like depends in what kind of personal situation you are, right? If you really like the other person, if you want the other person to be happy and you know the person likes it at that moment, then it's not so much about doing the act, but doing something nice. Don't you agree? Yes, Is that crazy. too romantic? Is it too cheesy? No, it's like, should I make you a cup of tea or give you a blowjob? <laughs> no, I completely get that. It's like, good morning, I've made some cornflakes and here, oh, oh yeah, here's some milk. Uh, yeah, got it. Um, you know, of course, I mean, that's obviously, of course, like in a committed relationship. Um, although, I mean, Again, there are some people who prefer to receive, right? Like, I mean, I do have an ex who's, who refused to be blown. So that was a few years of just receiving, um, which I wasn't complaining about. Um, but, but then I must say, I missed it. Like, I mean, even being a receiver, uh, after a while, I was like, oh, I wouldn't mind giving a little bit now. But yeah, I guess it's also, for me, also, it's the thing about endurance, right? <laughs> like, if this is going to be like a, a thing which goes on for like an hour, an hour and a half, and I'm just like there. I'm just gonna, I mean, my jaw's just gonna cramp. Yeah, I, I was just about to say that I've known you for so, so long now, and the amount of times that you had locked jaw is <laughs> obviously not because of that, he says. But yeah, oh. let's, let's, let's not go there. Okay, Are we, honey, let's not Firstly, go there. Well, you've already gone there, haven't you? This isn't how it works. I did. Oh, so this is the worst thing about doing a podcast uh, with your best friend is because he obviously knows everything. I didn't have lockjaw from blowing. I was super, super, super stressed at work and I was clenching my teeth. And then like, I don't know, like my jaw popped out and I got like this huge, like, I don't know, mumps-like thing in my face. But it wasn't from blowing. I wish it were from blowing. Although I heard that story so many times and it was slightly different every time. So I still <laughs> think that it's just made up and it was from blowing. That no. happens when you slap three dicks at the same time into your tiny mouth. But <laughs> hey, you do you. You do you. Yeah. Well, I do do me. I mean, I do do me because obviously I have a rib too many for that. But um, yes, I think that's it. I think we have... I, I, yeah, I think we, we, uh, yeah, well, uh, seeing that we basically milked this blowjob to its maximum, and I don't think we get any more puns out of this. Um, if you remember, Dante, and I hope you do, I gave you a challenge last week. Oh, God, Be yes, yeah, did. because you were talking about Asian bananas, and it was very clear that you were a racist talking about tiny Asian dicks. I was, and not. I wasn't having any of it, I wasn't having any of it. So I challenge you to give me one minute where you are even more euphemistic than you were with that weird banana story. So okay. did you prepare <laughs> one minute of euphemisms or did you forget? No, I did. I did actually, I, uh, I sat down and got my thinking cap out and I um, have written a, um, or prepared a little uh, euphemism story. Uh, for you, Percy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Thank you, Dante. Okay, so let's see whether this works. It's not like super many euphemisms, but there are a couple in there. 
I, I hope I hope it's enough for you to feel satisfied. Okay, so I doubt uh, it, but ready when you are. Once upon a time, there was a chicken, and he was in possession of the most beautiful and juicy peach. It was ripe and plump, with just the right amount of fluff that adds texture, but doesn't get stuck in your teeth. <laughs> now, there was also a hawk who was sailing around the sky and started... No, hang on. <laughs> uh... Oh, crap! <laughs> We're going to go back to the beginning of that sentence, okay? Now, there was also a hawk who, sailing around the sky, had quite the reputation for attacking chickens he'd seen far. <laughs> He had quite the mean tactic, too. He had set up a hall of mirrors in which he'd placed his prized vegetable, a plump eggplant. To be fair, it hadn't won any prizes, but he thought it was more than prize-worthy. In the hall of mirrors, chickens, hungry for this magnified image of an eggplant, would wander in, often getting lost in the allure of the moment, coming away less satisfied than they had hoped when they laid eyes on the eggplant itself. But this young chicken was having none of it and saw right through the mirage. So that night, he turned the mirrors all in a way that he appeared to be everywhere, the lovely chicken and his peach. And when the hawk awoke, he was amazed, thrilled, enthusiastic, and started chasing after the chicken. But with the hall of mirrors and the distortions it provided, he kept running into the mirrors themselves, realizing too late and bruising his eggplant. Eventually, he gave up, despondent, and left his hall of mirrors forever. The end. <laughs> that was a solid, solid D minus. I'm so proud of you, Dante. Yeah. At last, I almost passed. I passed. <laughs> Excellent. Great. Well, um, that was my attempt at uh, writing. Uh, I'm not going to give up my day job um, to write, I don't think. <clears throat> um, but um, someone who does have a talent for words is actually Percy. Um, and uh, we're introducing a new section. Oh, yes, we are. No, you say. Even more variation? Yes, it can happen. This is our new section called Word Nerdery. Now, I don't actually know what the word's going to be, but Percy is going to explain a word to us. It's also yes. called the art of etymology. <laughs> yes, it is exactly that. And to make it a bit more interesting and not just pure word nerdery, I will say the word and we will quickly give Dante a chance to describe what that word means or where it no. came from oh, without God. him knowing mm. what it actually means. I mean, if he just knows that from the top of his head, then I'd be confused. <laughs> but we'll see. Um, I chose a fitting word. Tell me something about the word blow. <laughs> well, apart from that it makes me giggle, apparently, um, blow. So I'm basically supposed to tell you what the, I think the etymology of the word blow is. Okay, well, blow comes from the Old English for um, below because when it was very windy, as in it was very blowy, people would go below the wall um, because it was blowy 
But then the whole action of people sort of going down um, then became blowing and took on its much more interesting and important meaning. That's my guess. It was so close that it could really? have been fur further away from the truth. <laughs> uh, you were right that it actually has a Old English, Old Germanic root. Ooh. It comes from the Old English Blauen or Blauen or Old Germanic Blen. And sorry for everyone who actually speaks those languages and learned them that I completely butchered the pronunciation. And it has a couple of interesting meanings. The first one is to fill with air, to inflate, or to swell, Ooh. which I think <laughs> kind of like works like well. it. <laughs> it. To blend could also mean to bloom, or to blossom, or to flourish. Mm. And there's even an old Armenian root, and I will completely butcher that pronunciation, where it's to betrun, and it basically means to make fertile. No, really? That's yeah. amazing. So the word blow literally does have something very sexual about it. It that. does, yeah. Oh, I love it. I mean, so the blowjob didn't come out of nowhere. So it next time I'm kneeling down in front of someone with my mouth full, I'll be like, oh, I have an answer. <laughs> I have an interesting fact, by the way. To be fair, with a cock in your mouth, you would probably be way more adapt to say the old Armenian word than I was just <laughs> now. <laughs> but but uh, yeah, now that we have this new beautiful segment, um, let's go back to an old classic, old classic, like if we did this already 500 times, <laughs> an old classic, which is die, bitch, die. Yeah. And if you remember, listeners, and I'm sure you do, last time Dante challenged me to have a one-minute rant about something. And, oh yeah, it was about the European Union and like, the form of vegetables and it's that body shaming of cucumbers or something like that and i have something for you this time to rant about and that is people who use the word literally when they actually mean figuratively and <laughs> so the thing what will happen now i will actually put on a timer okay. for 60 seconds so you have one minute okay to rant about this topic and rant about people who say literally when they clearly obviously mean figuratively i literally couldn't be more excited uh, to have this challenge um because i literally don't care a shit a little bit about the difference between literally and figuratively because dear percy word meanings change over time. And so the people who are super pedantic about the difference between literally and figuratively um, have a stick up their ass and not in the cool, sexy way. Um, and so literally, I think that, um, okay, to be fair, it does annoy me a little bit, but it annoys me even more when people point out to me that I'm doing it wrong. Just like it's, uh, <laughs> I get literally blown away with rage when people say like. Um, I mean, if people say it, 
I get annoyed. If I say it and someone points it out, I also get annoyed. Anyway, that's my rant. Die, bitch. Oh. <laughs> Die. Um, yeah, my answer to that is just no. No. You're not allowed to respond. That's not your role at no. this point. Anyway. Oh, no. So I, as we gently come to a close, um, last episode, Percy uh, asked you to uh, submit your questions as audience members. Now, um, you can do that by writing to us, uh, particularly tweeting at us or direct messaging us on Twitter. Our handle is um, at Prosecco Penis. Um, Which I knew. And, and tweet at us if you have questions. Now we have a question here from Isabella from Croydon. Thank you, Isabella, for writing in or tweeting at us. Now, she, I'm assuming Isabella is a she, is asking us who are secret celebrity crushes? Excellent question, Isabella. Now, I think this is a cow we could milk quite lucratively in various different forms in the future. We could, so we could. I suggest we try and narrow it down a little bit. So not all celebrities, but a subset of celebrities who we have crushes on. So only the underage ones. <laughs> the hawk speaks again. Um, no, I don't think we'll be doing that. Thank you very much, Percy. Um, how about we do um, secret celebrity crush RuPaul's Drag Race contestants. Well, that is a good idea. Thanks. Also, also, uh, because we already had the Michelle Rue joke, you did that, Dante, in the beginning. I did. And now we talk about RuPaul's. Well, let's uh, just take a second to remember the brilliantly talented Chichi Devane, who passed away way too early this week. And yeah, rest in peace, Chichi. And died of kidney failure. I mean, that's just really yeah. tragic. Anyway, yes. Yeah. And such a talented oh. Southern queen. Yeah. Not my celebrity crush, but... <laughs> Not surprised there. Probably about 20 years too old for you in terms of celebrity crush. But who is it then, Percy? Who, who gets the title? That is def very difficult. I am in between two people. <laughs> As they say, <laughs> as you like there it. Is, there is a very current one on Canada Strike Race called Lemon. Oh. But uh, let's not go there. Um, no, I will go with him with an old classic. It's Matthew Lent, better known as Pearl. Oh. Oh. Season seven. Very good. Do time. I have something on my face? That Pearl. How's your head? Who is yours? No, no, that was the chicken one. See what you oh, did. Right. That was the one with the chicken. Plantains. Oh, <laughs> What's yours? Um, well, I'm not quite as hawkish as you are. Um, <clears throat> mine is actually uh, exactly my... No, actually, even older than me. Um, it's the delightful and wonderful and deserving Jackie Cox. I mean, honestly, every time we watched... <laughs> I mean, we watched RuPaul together uh, most of the episodes of that season, and every time Jackie Cox came in out of drag as a man, I was like, yes, I don't care what yeah. the question is. That was actually my favorite, those were my favorite minutes of television because you actually shut up for, <laughs> for a while. So, because you were so breathless. I, yeah, I do remember that. It's a fair uh, thing. It's a fair yes. thing. Epic. Okay, yeah. dear listeners. I think we should wrap it up. 
I think we, we should. should wrap it up. Um, we will be back for episode three very, very soon. Actually, so soon, it's already available on Spotify, iTunes, wherever you get it. But until then, join us again next episode to Drink and Digress. I'm Dante. And I'm Percy. Bye. Bye.